Mike, you know you use mic. Uh, so now phone mic. I mean, but you didn't use mic this time. Huh? Yes, oh, for sure. No more thing. Okay, fine. Um. Okay, fine. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me just fire away then. So for this episode twelve, we thought that we would take time to appreciate our audience, which, much to our surprise, has been growing. Since we started this uh, podcast something like a year ago, or maybe even more than a year. So I guess this is a birthday party in some respects. And um, because of that, it seems like a good opportunity or moment to celebrate not ourselves, but our audience, you know, in a real uh, communist tradition that, um, yeah, yeah, you throw the party for the party itself and not for the leadership. So fashion, yeah. So what we've done here, or what I think we could do, as we discussed, is maybe talk through some of the feedback we've received over the course of, you know, the 12 episodes or so, you know, not counting the episodes that we've um, put on Patreon or some of our test episodes. And we'll come back and say more about the Patreon bit in a bit. But um, yeah, so I thought we could, I guess we all thought that we could reflect on some of the feedback that we received. Um, so maybe I could just read out some of the feedback, um, matching them to some episodes that we recorded, and then we could kind of respond, talking about whether we think the feedback is fair or you know, whether it's um, nonsense. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then we can go on from there and talk some more about audience and that sort of thing. How does that work? All right, I think that that, that, that sounds good. Yeah, sure. Okay, nice. I think I'll just go in the order that is on my screen, not necessarily um, order of episodes. One of our earliest pieces of feedback came from someone who said, "My friend listened to the Nigerian Scam podcast, and the first thing she told me was that." She's getting civilizing mission vibes. She said it felt like educated intellectuals coming to tell the lower classes how they should articulate their own grievances. As per, it's the burden of the knowledgeable to educate the ignorant. And which raises the question, at what point does that education become imposed? And then she also says, and then my friend also asked why you guys keep talking about what the left could have done as if you yourselves are not members of the left. So um, I guess I'm starting with the critical bits, you know, because, yeah, sure, we've received a lot of thumbs up and <laughs> applause memes <laughs> and take one beer memes and whatever, right? So, but uh, I guess <laughs> I guess we can start with some of the more critical feedback. What do you guys make of that? First of all, the whole civilizing mission thing, like um, intellectuals trying to talk down to the working classes. And secondly, the whole critiques of the left whilst maybe not maybe being part um, of the left in this context or scenario you know that we are coming together as um 
you know a, bu a bunch of um, people coming together weighing weighing things from you know our own revolutionary standpoints and putting it out there you know i think that's a testament to our ability to open things up and even try to democratize in such a way that you know people have feedback and put their like give their inputs you know if we were talking down or talking at people then it wouldn't be in a fashion whereby you know we won't you know we will be considering what people are saying and all that and then again we must be realistic in this kind of scenario or this kind of country that we are in first and foremost revolutionary understanding has been hidden from the people for a very long time like you know so it's only commonsensical that a bunch of people might or a few people might have it you know so it's our war it's our work to do the uh, promethean task of bringing fire down to use for for the people that okay yeah this is this knowledge how do we spread this knowledge to the people so would you rather we keep short and not do anything or what? like again let's understand the class dynamics of our society if we have the middle class or the um, intellectual class that's gone to sleep then you know that are slumbering and not remembering their revolutionary duty then maybe it's our podcast or the type of things that we are doing is addressing that um, lack or that you know that um, absence of revolutionary word of revolutionary understanding that's been sorely missing you know so that we are filling that gap in doesn't mean that we are talking down at people of course a bunch of people are not on twitter you know like we have a country that's so poor how many people can afford the data to listen to one hour two hour podcast you know that kind of thing so that you are listening to it and that you're picking that we are talking down on people might not be a fair assessment where we also put links to read or you know documentaries to watch even movies that you can tap into and make reference as to what's happening in society means that we are making you know a full attempt to bringing people on board and exposing them to what they might not have understood or what they might not know you know so i know there are anarchist uh, tendencies that feel that some sort of structure or any kind of you know arrangement that's maybe orderly or top down or something is like as if you're dominating the people you know there are some times where history would have deprived a bunch of people you know some understanding and then the revolutionary middle class will be the one that will bring that knowledge down and democratize it you know and make it well spread amongst the people so it's we are fully conscious of not sounding as if we are talking down on people rather we are doing the work of bringing this knowledge down reopening it and making it accessible to the people so that's what i would say is our own task and that's what we're conscious of that we're doing you know so i hope that has addressed that concern from that um you know, listener mm -hmm. um yeah Michael, okay. you wanted to i'll take i'll take a slightly diff different up, up approach so i'll take the criticism and i'll take it as fair um mm. but with a bit of of caveat to it would have helped if, if one knew which episode was being referenced, you know, um, or that prom mm. prompted, you know, that that critique. But, you know, broadly speaking, I, I, my sense is that, you, you know, um, we, we have experimented over the last year um, and that um, 
even with formats. So we have the format where we have conversations, um, and then we have yeah. this format now where we have people come and then we interview. <clears throat> um, part of you know the feedback that I had gotten was that you know the the, the conversational format was was fresh. You you know it, it seemed to mm-hmm. be something that wasn't being done. You know, uh, so within within that sort of yeah, form- talk radio. Yeah, so w- within that sort of format, uh, especially when Said speaks big English, sometimes I'm just drag me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, there's a sense in in which um, that can be interpreted to mean that we're talking yeah at people, but essentially it's also it's also the, the language you know that we choose to use so um you're talking about terminologies here um of course you can't talk about that without using saying the usual corporate which is bourgeois you know the bourgeois class the bourgeoisie <laughs> class you know terminologies you know like yeah. that which um people aren't convert conversant with but most importantly why i think that it's important to take that critique and you know, think on it, you know, chew on it, mm. is, is that um, if we're getting that sort of response from someone who we presumably or who presumably belongs to the middle class, then it might be that our long-term goals of, of you know, reaching, you, you know, those at the lower rungs of society um, is... Is, is 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 not um when mm. that it might take us longer to achieve it you know so we, we want to check on on the language because ideally what i, I think would be more impactful is when we get to a point where the plumber on the street understands what we're talking about mm. uh, <laughs> the hairdresser the mechanic you know the vulcanizer um um, yeah. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. So, so I mean, so, so the language. Yeah, I, I think at, at, on that note, that I would want to take on, take that criticism as as fair, um, mm. and and uh, and then and, and see what we can do to uh, uh, yeah. you know, address it. So I'll leave it yeah. there, you know, for now. I mean, actually, I guess I'll echo some of what Emeka said, but maybe also draw from what OAG said because. Maybe I'm somewhere in the middle. Like, I mean, I take the criticism as well um, that this isn't a <laughs> super working class oriented um, form of discourse per se. Um, but I think that some of that is um, like hardwired into the medium that we're using. Like, I just don't know how many unionists or people in the informal sector listen to podcasts in general. And that's not even just a Nigeria question. That's probably global. So, I mean, I think in going into this sort of project, we obviously were aware of the limitations of a context where, like, smartphone usage, despite what the techno-optimists tell you, is still very limited, not to talk of data, even amongst the people who have smartphones. You know, not to talk of the kind of like uh, 
excess data that you can use to download a podcast or just stream it. So, I mean, I think that implicitly, if not explicitly, we know that our audience is limited by these factors and that that has a class implication. But I don't think that that means that um, that this has no implications for working class politics ever because I think that, I mean, the, the aspect of the, the point that I really, that resonates with me is where she talks about the divide between intellectuals and the working class. So that's clearly an issue here, um, you know, radical intellectuals and the working class. And that's something that has been an underlying thread in a lot of the conversations we've had. But I think part of why that divide exists is because, I mean, even amongst the intellectuals, like, you know, the radical intellectuals, I don't know that we have maintained the culture of talking. Do you know what I mean? Like, just speaking across left divisions, speaking to ourselves. Um, so I think maybe there's some part of me that's like starting a conversation and having a conversation is one way to then begin to, over time, develop the tools, the skills required to actually bridge class divides. You know, whether or not that theory of change proves to be, um, to be accurate is another question. But I think that's where we're starting from. So it's not um, like this attempt to speak to or at the working class, because obviously this wouldn't be the venue um, per se, like, like podcasts are not exactly the format. But for one, I think it's like, if anything political, then it's an attempt to actually gain skills, right? To start from somewhere, to actually start to have a conversation. Um, and even if this only ever reaches the activists amongst the sort of radical intellectuals or the activists among the working class that have the means, you know, then at least like that conversation has started and people who who are, who are straddling the line between radical intellectuals and workers, some of whom do listen to the podcast, you know, like intellectuals who are workers, for instance, ASU members or that sort of thing, um, then I think we're achieving something. But I should also say that like, for me, the aim of immediately starting to speak to or educate or interact with the working class through this medium is also a bit grandiose. Like, <laughs> I mean, it presumes that we know the way forward. <laughs> you know for what I mean? You, for the working like, class itself or trying to like exactly. distill out, you know, directly. When I don't know if we've even... What they want. We've even sort of hammered out the pathway for ourselves. I don't know if yeah. we've fully made sense of the way forward ourselves. So it strikes me as though that's the first task, as in reviving a sort of radical no, intellectualism but, but, before we even talk about uh, trying to yeah, then but, bridge but, the divide or make have, some think, impact. Yeah, but I think we have the map. Yeah, I think we... I mean, if I... Let me chip in. I think we have the map you know, and that part of what we set out to do um, would be to try and explain or have conversations around um, issues that that show Nigeria, you know, the nation as state scam. as a scam, mm -hmm. really. Um, so it, I, in that regard, I think the language matters, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, how we unpack you know um these these issues you know and then tie them into you know the larger um conversation that we're trying i mean how we unpack issues and then of course tie them up 
to, to the larger conversation that we're trying to have you know no matter what what it is um i, yeah. I, I think that, that there should be some method of breaking it down um such such that i mean it's fairly accessible you know but i i hear you when you say it, it's a bit grandiose to think that you know um the platform allows us i mean that kind of work is usually done on some other much more granular granular level you you know but yeah um but 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 i i i'd still say that um there's a bit of that criticism from the young lady that that we should take uh no i agree i agree i i I mean it comes from a you know strong marxian angle in some respects um but then i guess there's a certain kind of like um yeah like uh oeg said maybe anarchism to it because the truth is that like even Marx and Engels etc you know these were like intellectuals um, not necessarily workers (laughs) you know and there's a sort of necessity in various historical moments for um, intellectuals to go and agitate you know and like whisper to people that their conditions are as bad as they think they are because yeah I mean there's no mechanical yeah I guess to to borrow some Marx, Marxology from OEG, <laughs> there is no mechanical um, connection between class and ideology, right? It's not that people who are members of the bourgeoisie will never criticize the conditions of capitalism. And it's not that people who are members of the working class will always be aware of the, you know, that is capitalism that's holding them back per se. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think personally, like, if we achieve through these conversations some level of catharsis for ourselves just on a day-to-day basis um, from the point of view of dealing with the Nigerian scam you know if we can have these conversations and like feel slightly less um, like dispirited about the conditions that we find ourselves and if we can provide a forum for others in the left to come and have such conversations to let down their guard a bit to banter, to reflect on the past and on present conditions. I think we're doing okay. You know, even if, even if, you know, this does not necessarily, you know, I don't know, like immediately start to speak, you know, in the exact terms that, I don't know, members of working class are completely familiar with at the okay, moment. Let's Maybe let's just, just add some sort of structure to it. Okay, let's say we do it this way. There might be like, okay, short-term goal and a long-term goal. Mm. So, <laughs> so the short-term goal might be kick-starting revolutionary discourse, theorizing and putting in context what the Nigerian scam is. And then from that solid standpoint, try to, you know, go deeper into that. The long-term goal be trying to like break it down, go deeper. Because what we have is an absolute death of... You know, these things, like you hardly find revolutionary discourse about what is going on in the country as it stands, you know. So first and foremost, Mm. we have to create that condition, you know, package it and then put it forward as to, you know, um, through channels whereby it can be spread into, you know, like our for maybe forums or fora where, you know, people can make what they want to of it. But the first work of uprooting revolutionary understanding that has been buried by the ruling class for so long. I think it's a commendable mm-hmm. task, you know, that every person that is doing this should, you know, be proud of. And of course, we're not blocking any other person that wants to come and make it more accessible because 
to be realistic and you know dialectic yeah. with what we are doing not the whole of the working class in nigeria are on twitter they are not on apple podcast they are not on I mean, these so are we the have facts. to know where we are where we stand from it's not like we are blind to the fact that we have to break this down but actually kickstarting something yeah. like you know we're kickstarting something so we are not blind to the fact that we have to make it more accessible you know this requires resources this requires you know time and all that you know so we're just starting off you know this is just 12 months as yeah. it's been mentioned so like we are not blind to that fact so just i'm taking the criticism too mm. we're not blind to the fact that this thing has to be made much more accessible and then for people to tap into it for the understanding of their material conditions and how to solve them you know so that's yeah. it nice well i mean i think yep. this also partially addresses the second question which was well i mean how can we rationalize being sometimes critical of the left and actually being part of left organizations, etc., ourselves. I mean, my dose, I guess or, or maybe that, we don't need to dwell we, on that or too that much. We speak, or that we speak like we're not part of the left. I like that part. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think. That one gets me all the time. It's fun. That one gets me all the time. Yeah. I mean, but that's the funny thing. It's like, I mean, yeah, I, I suppose who has always, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> how, how would you respond to that? I think if we can go at this, then I would. I don't know how to respond to that because I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I take it as a compliment. Yeah, honest. same, actually. <laughs> same. 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 Well, okay. Same here. Maybe, maybe, I'll just, maybe I'll just go at it from, you know, like the generational, from the generational angle. Mm. Okay. You know, like we have people that, that, that have been in the forefront of this thing, you know, like you not like we're exactly young and not like we're exactly old, but right. there are people that are supposed to be in front of us, you know, being at the forefront of this thing. You know, why is it that it's a bunch of relatively young guys that are now <laughs> being at the front of this thing? Then, then it means that, you know, we are rebuilding the left from the scratch. If we are rebuilding the left from the scratch, then we are just starting off. Mm. No, you know, so you can't expect we're, us to... We're not we're not really well, we're not yes, no, yeah, so yeah, I wouldn't say scratch. So there are some people. In, so there are some people in front of us. Yeah. Those, those are the. Those are the. When we say the left, yeah, yeah, they are the people in the eye of the storm, you know, that are supposed to have the better understanding of what's going on, you know. But it seems as if that that um, generation, for some reason, mm. have have not been able to achieve what we feel they should have achieved, you know. So we are part of the tradition. Of the left right you know so we can't uncouple ourselves from that you know but when we say the left maybe that those are the people that we mean or that we meant in yeah. those episodes i don't know if i okay <laughs> I although i mean some of the young lefties are also clowns uh, i should say in fact some are more clowns than the others <laughs> well <laughs> including so i mean where, where i'll join you and i you know we said this before is that i think all of our criticism or our critique on this show is also self-critique no I mean, yeah. which is to say that we don't necessarily exclude ourselves from some of the contradictions and scams that we are referring to because, I mean, the condition <laughs> yes. that has produced these previous generations um, and that some of the limits that they faced, some of which were structural, right, some of which weren't exactly their fault, mm. are limits that we also confront, you know? So yeah. even getting deeper. Exactly. Some of these limits, some of these... Um, obstacles are even getting deeper so in trying to point them out and in trying to uh, assess 
where the left has made strategic failures, etc. We don't exempt ourselves because I think we are, because we're participating in the organizational left more than just the discursive left, it means that, you know, we're like part of some of the decisions that are made, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, and we have to take credit for that. So I guess, and we've said this before, you know, I think, but it's worth emphasizing again that, like, for us, the criticism of the left cannot exempt us, you know. Like, we can't take yeah. a fully, like, us versus them perspective on things because... We're not inoculated or isolated from... Yes, because at one point that becomes yeah, anti-left, we're not. for one. Yeah. And then secondly, it's just not accurate since we actually organizationally are embedded in... We're doing, the, in, in, in clearer terms, we are doing something on the ground. <laughs> exactly. Part of organizations. Yeah, in clearer terms, yeah. so let's put it that way. So, yeah. you know, we're not just on social media or podcasts, just talking. In fact, yeah, but, you know. I mean, to add to, to, to that bit, I, I think, I mean, and, and I'll speak for myself here. I mean, I, I think that part of what we're doing is, like you guys, you know, rightly said, is a critique of the left mm. from within the left, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that maybe because of the way that we joke about it it's it's also difficult for people you you know to see that it comes from a place of frustration um mm. you know a place of why 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 is it what, what how you know which is why it's easy to say that um, or to think that nothing has been done prior to now mm. um you you know um, but it's almost as though you take one step forward and then you lose two steps, you know, going back. So I think that, that there's that bit, yeah. you know, especially for me, you know, especially when I come into conversations about um, the left. And then and then there's also a, a part of me that realizes that I am speaking to um, a cross-section of Nigerians who are largely conservative mm-hmm. and have n- no clue what the left is, is about uh, and, and I, I'm trying in my head you 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 know not to um, block them out um, yeah you know even though even though I, I'm not willing to see grounds where where it's not necessary so um, there's part of my own approach to conversations around issues from a left perspective that con that that acknowledges that um, um, some of some of the people that um, might listen to me are potential cadres, if you like. So yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I think we've um, we have given that one a decent amount of time. But that's um, an audience member that is also like a kind of friend of the show, um, mm-hmm. if I could put it that way. So. Um, we always appreciate feedback from her. Um, but yeah, I think we made some decent points there. Are you guys happy to move on to a, a next piece of feedback? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, yeah sure. sure. Cool. Okay, so actually I should also say that I think that one arose after one of our first episodes on NSARS. You know, when we talked a lot about um, the, what the, the left could do. Exactly, what the left could have been doing or should oh. do and that sort of thing. Um, and the next one also mm. came after an NSARS episode, but it was our most recent NSARS episode where we were rethinking some of our earlier assumptions about NSARS. You know, talk about left, like left self-critique. Huh? Um, 
yeah and the guy says um he says my own iphone now second hand though that's how he starts <laughs> and then he says the thing about leadership in a leaderless protest and a struggle for leadership by many influencers is it the most popular that automatically becomes the leader is democratic leadership about popularity generally or popularity on a certain issue and then he says but then again thank you for this podcast this is the kind of conversation i like it was free discourse not the scripted kind of podcast um and then he makes a sh an episode recommendation that we can come back to um but yeah i mean here he's talking less about the podcast itself even though he comes you know he, he does praise the format um and i'm sure you guys are happy to hear that after the searing critique from our friend um but but um you know rather than talking about the podcast in general i think he's talking more about a point that we raised in the episode you know where we were talking about how um you know some people were like oh not just just because i have two iphones and a range rover doesn't mean i'm a yahoo boy and it's like other people there didn't have iphones at all or you know i guess we were trying to illustrate the sort of class um differences within the ansars moment right um and then he's also raising this question about um does the most popular person on social media or that sort of thing automatically become the leader in a supposedly leaderless struggle so yeah what do you guys make of that as a response to that episode and then just the content of the of the of the is that, post is, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know i'm not sure now i think but that's the episode where there was a mention of this the, the sega guy and um, because somehow what what um the way it, the way this response res resonates with me you know in yeah. terms of popularity on social media translating into <laughs> leadership you know that's where my my head you know um goes and and i think that i'm using mm. that chap really as focal point um or a point of focus it's <laughs> i think the question answers answers itself you, you know you, you get you get all sorts of charlatans with you know uh, massive yeah massive, massive following um <laughs> i reckon but you're you're shaking no, you're shaking a table here that has I was, no legs i, I mean let's shake the real tables was, i mean because shega has already been dragged some, by the liberals some, so some position of leadership until you're found <laughs> or your your or the people can find see through your agenda you you, you know so um yeah. i don't i don't know that popularity is, is leadership i mean that's not what it should be yeah but you know mm. i mean um and i think that there's there's an episode yeah, sure. one that i think it's only available yeah. on patreon where you try you you um um where where i think you i think where you you, you trash this uh, you know out but but you know on 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 the from the point of view of technology and how you you know um the the way twitter algorithms for instance works is is such that 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 it's 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 not democratic in that in that sense you know mm -hmm. um so it's it's, it's it's i think it's a, it's a combination of um yeah 
people's um, aspirations and 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 the way that you know technology and the tools I mean that they use in terms of medium um, is configured you know and and their own inability ability you know I don't want to say they are unconscious their lack of consciousness yeah you know but that inability to this to decipher what's mm. you know separate chaff from from mm. with you know I, I, well, I think <clears throat> it's a reflection of where the people are at at the moment because yeah it's always you know repeatedly has been about popularity mm. and who has the highest amount of following you know and most times it's always even tended towards who's closer and who has the ear of the oppressor most. Mm. <laughs> like yeah so like if if yeah. you have like some sort of close link to the oppressor people tend to want to listen to you feeling that you know you are the conduit whereby their request can yeah. get passed onto you know like the oppressor and it, it speaks to the lack of revolutionary ideology because when you know that you can't walk through the context or the confines or the, the parameters that your oppressors have set for you first and foremost you start to distance yourself from mm -hmm. the people that are their representatives amongst the youths and then you start to look towards genuine people you start to organize for yourself you start to believe in yourself your own organizational capacities and capabilities and then you look for people that share the yeah. same you know aspirations that have the same ideology as you and then you partner with them but when you leave it to celebrities you leave it to music stars you leave it to this thing then what like yeah well, are Influences. you guys in the same political economic or socio-economic you know strata no so it means yeah. even if they go and represent you or even if they say they are representing you you know you can't get a full representation of you of yourself by this yeah, yeah 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 so yeah. always we've we've seen that the people have been hoodwinked or you know taken on a ride by these guys you know and it's unfortunate that's why you know the necessity or the need for pushing revolutionary consciousness and understanding is is much more you know important now yeah so that people won't ride on societal you know um problems and climb on top of it and become some sort of star you know we mentioned segana yeah has been found out <laughs> you know there are a bunch of them too that ride on the misery of the people for you know some sort of patch on their shoulders yeah. you know that should be avoided you know so when you structurally understand how society works you can you know uh, make your own analysis and know who to partner with and maybe see as your leader genuine leader in times of societal crisis so that's where i'll put it for you know, yeah that question in so fact I, I might even go a bit more ultra than uh, OEG and say that mm. I think I think that popularity on social media um, is the opposite of democratic. As in, I think to tend to think that <laughs> the more followers someone has, the more likely it is that they are saying nonsense. Do you know mm. what I mean? I mean, particularly within mm. our own, like. Uh, I think it makes us do some sort of statistical. <laughs> yeah, it make you should you should crunch the numbers. <laughs> see how much uh, <laughs> shit chatting becomes uh, rises no, but, yeah. on somebody's but, but, uh, average no, but, um, but that's that but that's <laughs> but that's the direction that it that naturally it will go in that direction because uh, you you feel under enormous yeah, right. pressure mm, to, to, to say some to say something about yeah. any issue 
whether you have a hang of exactly. it, whether you have the range for it or not. I mean, exactly. you just feel that you must wade into every conversation, you know. But <laughs> yeah. let me let me try let yeah. me talk back a bit, a bit. I think that, I mean, um, if you look at Twitter, for example, I mean, where some of these things play out the most, it's usually the norm that the person has or amasses a measure of influence before he aligns, you know, with, you know, that's the true. oppressors. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, 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 that's true. You gain the you audience a, first and I'll then you, you sell the I'll audience. I'll give you an example. Abi? Yeah. Omojua came on my radar for the first time because he was in some, he was embroiled in some sort of um, tussle with an airline over a, some that gadget, I can't remember. Mm. You know. And he, so he gained some sort of popularity and, you know, gurned you know the gab of activists of some right. sort and at some point when the apc decided you know or the ruling class decided that it was time to unseat good luck jonathan what happened was that people like obieze kwesili el rufai and the like started to gravitate towards yeah. the young guy you know which also then got got into his head, and then by the time I started reading his tweets, I I I could tell you know within a few reading a few tweets that I was talking to a bullshitter. I mean, I was I was I was you know listening to a bullshitter, you know, to be honest, because it it had gotten into his head, you know. It's he he then thought send this somebody who if you. No substance. I'm sorry to say, no. Basically, sorry. doesn't have. You know, <laughs> yes. But, no, but man, keep you, it real. You know. So, but, I mean, so that's how. That's what it is. No, no politician is going to gravitate towards you on on social media if you don't have any sort of influence. Look, no, look sure. At the Sega, look at the Sega thing. You know. Um, so we we the other day. It turns up on Twitter that there's there's some kind of proposal that he's submitted to is it that school campaign for thousands of millions of dollars. You know. What what does that guy know about organization? You know, how, who is he? What is he organizing? You know, and then you see that when they even go after certain individuals, it's about what they can gain. And I see, I'm not. Spent, yeah. it, I don't care um, what what side each any of them take. On issues, so the people today who would flock towards the Hondaian guy, or whether what, 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 what I'm not sure how his name is pronounced, <laughs> you, you know. That's <laughs> why yeah. I'm concerned. There's no difference between Sega and Hyundai, to be honest. This it's so yeah. sort of you know crap. So, yeah. So, you know, so uh, let's. No, but you know. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. I mean, totally, man. And like, no. this is why I'm saying that there seems to be some sort of inverse correlation between like <coughs> being an influencer and like actually having any, any yes, you know, yeah, having, having any real like meaningful impact in the real world. Like, because, you know, people praise you for like loud takes, <laughs> you know, or people praise you for like online, right? People praise you for like having the most kind of, clickable thing to say but 
to what extent does that i mean how closely or far away does that tack with you know the sort of um seriousness that's required to actually move us from where we are to where we're trying to be i mean and for one like again because of things we've said in other episodes and venues about the way the algorithm works and like um you know there's this sort of echo chamber um that is produced the the extent to which the perspective you're articulating is actually widely supported in the general amongst the general masses is not often reflected by the amount of likes or retweets you're getting on twitter right or whatever so you then have this kind of like zombie world that's created where the rules like are some sort of perversion of what's hap- happening in in reality and that becomes you know the metric for some people of like what people think mm. or you know and not to say that there's absolutely no relationship but between like what people are saying there and like the you know what people are saying in other forms of media not to be to- not to talk of what's underground or outside of media or trends that aren't actually being kind of captured in discourse um but yeah i mean it just isn't very straightforward so yeah i think like this guy is tacitly suggesting in the question and like you know you've all been saying um it would be a really terrible world indeed in which you know twitter following or level of influence uh exerted on twitter automatically becomes seen as yeah exactly as the marker Mm -hmm. of like what the people want or you know democracy in any sense and there have been moments Mm -hmm. where it seemed that way right i mean during the ensals thing for instance uh, there were obviously people like sega or some other celebs like um davido were shouted down but you know it seemed like that was in some respects um one new class of influencers trying to over, overthrow the old class of influencers, you know, <laughs> uh, into influencer revolution rather than one from the outside. Mm. But anyway, I don't want to make us, uh, I don't want to pull us back into a total Ensar's conversation. But I mean, it just seems yeah. to me like there wasn't a paradigm shift where online spaces were more fundamentally democratized as much as it was a new group of influencers, you know, including the Hyundai types. Um, T- trying to take the center stage and wrest control from the, you know, older millennials, the Omojuas and, the, and that crowd. <laughs> so anyway, all, all that to say to me, it just seems like, yeah, yeah, you know, it seems to me like total dialogue of the deaf yeah. at best. It seems, it seems, you know, like that's the mode or the route that things have always gone. When they, when they start opening, someone rushes to take it in, you know, like, you know, and it's the same thing when mm. crisis happens, there's, there's a bunch of new oppressors, you know, this time online oppressors or online uh, influencers that want to control or have a hang of, you know, the narrative, hang on the narrative and all that, you know, so, but yeah, that's what it's been, man. It's left for, you know, um, mm. conscious elements to, to try and also get into that space and try to make, you know, revolutionary understanding um, much more popular so that, you know, these guys will not be the only ones having stuff to offer. Word up. I'm happy to move on to the next one, if you guys are. Yes, we are. So like, oh, I am. I, I don't know if make out Have I got a good biased out? So, okay, no, but I think he's just muted. Um, All right. Anyway, he'll join in once he's back. I mean, the, 
the next one um, or the next series were uh, a result of our interview with Comrade Ophiong Akwa. Um, I oh. think that was one of our most popular episodes, actually, um, when it was released. Wow. I think some of the recent ones are now challenging that one um, for popularity. <laughs> and of course, we've just... Um, We've also just denounced popularity, so <laughs> I shouldn't even <laughs> fall back on that. Uh, Clearly anti-people medium of measuring yeah. things. But anyway, I mean, whatever popularity is worth, that one seems to get a lot of feedback. Um, and yeah, I think most of it was positive. People praised um, the flow of the conversation. Um, one person even said, this is your first podcast I've listened to from beginning to end without break, <laughs> um, which is a which is a nice compliment. But it of course also suggests that prior to that, you know the hell that they skip the shit. Bam, next. Yeah, <laughs> we were getting hell of skips. So um, yeah, maybe there are lessons to be learned from that episode. Yeah. But anyway, I'm just going to read one. I'm going to read one of the pieces of feedback we got from that one that I think was probably the most extensive. Mm. And so the commenter says, hello, I'm just listening to the new episode and I have some things to say, LOL. I think Professor Aqua is an interesting person, but I am disappointed um, with some of his points about federalism and the question of ethnic minorities in the Soviets. First off, the 1970s Soviets was the decay of the Soviets of course, there was Russian chauvinist attitude during this time. The political bureau was made up of big men who were mostly Russian. I think that's, I think it's unfair to only judge that era of the Soviet Union. Also, most of the ethnic nationalists were bourgeois and reactionary, in some cases, Nazi collaborators. Also, none of these ethnic nationalities were ever a nation. So the argument for a nation state can be tricky. I think most of his points on federalism are a national issue. Security and unemployment are national issues. And then he finally says, I think his grievances are fair, but his conclusions sort of comes off, his conclusion sort of comes off as ethnocentric adventurism. Ha mm. <laughs> ha. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that came from a listener on Twitter, I believe, um, who DM'd Emeka. Who I think has now joined. I guess his point overall is that, you know, he had a disagreement with um, Comrade uh, Aqua's take on the lessons to be learned from the breakup of the Soviet Union. Mm. Um, you know, and also was skeptical in general about the, the idea of ethnic self-determination. Um, so that was a comment from one individual, but there were, I think, f a few others who in fact, oh, sorry, I'm just seeing that he had a second. Um, Emeka's just, I, I've just seen that he had a second line there. So let me quickly read it before I let you guys respond. He says, finally, Nigeria can't be compared to the Baltic states. Most post-Soviet countries are failed experiments. The issue of self-determination doesn't exist in a global capitalist world. If Ukraine is a sovereign state, why, it, why would it be used as object? as objective to expand NATO and further Russian aggression. Ebon People's Republic will also have self-determination to actualize their adventurous objectives. Okay. Um, 
I'm not sure what he meant at the end there. But yeah, there are lots of points in there. <laughs> so I don't know which one we want to address or respond to. You know, uh, um, <laughs> I, yeah. Oji, do you want to take a step to fully uh, address those things? I think Comrade Okwa will be the one to <laughs> to answer yeah. those points because it wasn't as if we agreed who glad as Zinka with what he said all through the episode because right. anybody that listened properly was, would feel and hear that there was some sort of you know pullback from our own side as to the ethnic perspective mm -hmm. on things and all that you know so and when we go into these issues there are a lot of nuances to what happened in the soviet union what thing happened you know what happened to the other states yeah. and all you know and again i like for us to bring things to our own perspective you know there are a lot of issues that we need to solve there are a lot of things that we need to look at mm -hmm. in terms of even the ethnic um angle religious angle you know that kind of thing the economy and all that so it's usually not straightforward. It's com comrade Okwa will be the one to, you know, kind of take those things one after the other and, uh, yeah. you know, break it down. You know, I am not ethnocentric. You know, there are a lot of things that need to be solved. <laughs> However, what I can say for the Nigerian context is that the Nigerian ruling class have weaponized ethnicity to a very strong point and religion such that those things mm -hmm. in any revolutionary consideration they must be addressed how they are going to be addressed mm -hmm. i don't know at the moment i've not theorized anything out but it's going yeah. to a point where that must be factored in in any revolutionary formula or formulae mm -hmm. <laughs> you want to put forward to solve the nigerian mm. um, problem you know so we've gotten to that point now you know, so and yeah, when parts yeah. of the superstructure become, you know, uh, major, what does Mao call that? He calls it a major, like it can shift the major, con we, have, we need to look for the major contradictions now, you know, and parts of the superstructure can actually become major contradictions. So who knows what we have to do to, do to solve the Nigerian um, problem? It has to be dissected and for us to figure out what the major contradiction at the moment is, for us to go at it and smash from there. And then move forward to solve the other minor contradictions, you know. So that's my that's where I put that. Regards that issue. What up? Nice. Yeah, Mecca. Do you want to take a stab? Um. The, the <laughs> you see, oh, he's using straw for his oh, beer. Oh, stuff. Oh, uh, how you take this? I don't pop my beer. <laughs> uh, I, I I think that the guy's response and um, was more geared at at us as to, in, a, in a way that says that stopped short of him saying how could you bring that kind of thing <laughs> 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 you know on 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 what how, uh, what claims that guy have to be left so and then yeah the pains i mean he was to, to go ahead and you know try and punch holes in aqua's um comedy yeah and, point by point events, you know but yeah, and then he ends up by giving off that sarcastic ha 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 laugh. You know, <laughs> that, that this guy can't be this guy can't be serious, <laughs> you know. And yeah, I wouldn't say that I, I, I don't know where that kind of uh, feeling is, is is coming from, you you know. But um, I think that he, the person, I mean the. the this this friend of, of of the podcast also needs to know that you know there's there's been a lingering national question yeah um and that's part of the reason why we went 
when that aroused was to hear you know the, the, the other side of the argument and one that's not been been heard in fact i'm i'm happy to get that that kind of response i mean it, it means that we did our work on on, on that, sure. that you know and and i mean um people might not know this about that particular episode yeah we we couldn't agree ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was obvious. It was obvious. I think it yeah. was obvious from uh, you know. <laughs> you know, so I mean, um, I don't think that we need to go and and delve into answering the specifics of, of that particular response. It's he he wasn't even. I don't think he wanted, you know, um, um, us to respond to. It was just. As a matter of fact, he wanted to state his opinion and say this really can't. The leftists can't be saying this. But I mean, there are also yeah, exactly. elements in the left. You know, anybody who's tried to work within the left <laughs> knows that. So yeah, yeah uh, that's my take on 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 that. No, yeah, I really it appreciate was, it. Was nice, I really appreciate nice the guys' one. feedback. One of my favorite, um, you know, and yes. even even the sarcasm yeah. join uh, because um, <laughs> we are definitely fans of tasteful sarcasm in our mentions so feel free particularly Emeka if you have any sarcastic thing to say send it to Emeka I think is my um, would be my suggestion <laughs> um, yeah okay cool so no I think you guys addressed that one well I wouldn't even bother adding to that um, we definitely disagreed a lot on that episode I mean I'll just say um, before before we before we got started, but I'm happy we did it because um, you know let a thousand flowers bloom and whatnot. Right? Yeah, like the left is um, that kind is of is diverse, you know. So so let, let's hear out the various perspectives, um, and I think that will enrich conversation and our practice as well. Um, so I'll I'll probably stop reading comments. I mean. I think there's been a lot of applause, a hey, good job, you know, love what you guys are doing. This is brilliant, blah, 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 hands up, a toilet, you know, etc., etc. So people have offered to buy us drinks, uh, but nobody has actually bought us drinks. I never so seen nobody tell me that one. I just, I'm hearing this for the first time. Okay. Pretty worrying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's obviously a sign of a crisis on the left. But I'll send um, them my way. I'll take them up on the offer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lack of lack of drink drink solidarity. Yeah, exactly. Lack of follow follow up. Uh, <laughs> a lot of promise, no delivery. Uh, but yeah. I think um, aside from this uh, comrade of Young Acquire episode, which got a lot of responses and um, a lot of them critical, another one that has been getting a lot of responses. Um, was one of our most recent ones, um, the Peter Obi Marxism versus Obiism Labour Party conversation. Um, and actually, there isn't any specific uh, feedback that I want to highlight. I mean, a lot of them were complementary in terms of the, the, there was a lot of, I mean, the same amount of criticism that Comrade of uh, Aqua got. The, 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 I think there was that much praise for um, Ayo. Okay, yeah. Comrade Ayo. I think mainly because people really appreciated his, um, his practical perspective on issues, right? That he wasn't sitting behind a desk pontificating, but that he was actually 
getting his hands dirty in the mix of things. And I think people also really appreciated his um, historical perspective on the Labour Party and the recent politics around left entryism. You know, recent attempts, including TPAP's attempt um, to enter from above and his own <clears throat> attempt to enter from below and that sort of thing. So I think by and large, that was a really good conversation. I mean, I know that we want to have a follow-up to that conversation where we unpack a little bit um, what has happened since then with the whole left entryism into labor. But is there anything you guys want to say about the kind of responses that you've seen to that episode? And, you know, maybe just, you know, yeah, how, how you found the audience engaging with that episode? Uh, well, I think for the fact that it's still something that is uh, kind of in motion now and still mm. in play, like a lot of people, of course, there's a huge wave behind Peter will be and all that, you know. And again, we have a yeah. bunch of people that we just step. By back. the way, me, I don't know how huge that wave uh, is, but anyway, well, okay, huge let's, online. Let's wave. save that. Let's save that for yeah. the conversation. Huge yeah. online wave, you know. But a lot of people, yeah, are actually stepping back to look at this thing from the historical perspective, you know, from ideological perspective, and then try to see it from that unbiased standpoint, you know, to avoid falling into misogynism. Yeah and all that you know so it's still unfolding the vp has just been picked baba dati abi was his name you know so mm. it's still unfolding a lot of people chip in and even go back to the episode and listen to it you know so yeah like it's still it's yeah. still something in motion so let's keep our fingers crossed <clears throat> mm. yeah fair enough man and i think more reason why we should come back to that yeah, and definitely. maybe review what's happened since yeah. Um, am I got anything to add on audience response to um, interviewing yeah, I, Ayo? I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's there's really much you know to to add. It's um, if if you if I think that if we did some sort of survey, um, we'd find that you know most of our listeners um, uh, are 